We're here to ignite your fire by highlighting the success and innovation of other movement professionals. This is the PT on Fire podcast. PT on Fire, welcome to our podcast on who moved my cheese. And what we're going to talk about today is the analogy. There's a book written by Spencer Johnson. And that's the title of it, is Who Moved My Cheese? And, and what we want to do is just give a brief synopsis of, of what that book was about and then think about you know, how we can apply it to the field of physical therapy. And so Who Moved My Cheese is a, is a book about these, um, there's, there's a couple mice named Sniff and Scurry, and then there's a couple people named Hem and Haw. And, and so basically these these people and the, and the mice were all eating off the same pile of cheese. Um, you know, they, the cheese was there every day. They'd go there and eat and, and just get filled up by it. Um, Hem and Ha uh, depended on this cheese to make them happy. And they depended on this cheese for their fulfillment, for basically everything in life. They just depended on the cheese for And basically, um, they, it was just an everyday thing, mindless. They'd go and grab the cheese, eat it, and and then that's good. But the problem is they they were so, um, you know, and addicted to this cheese, essentially, they didn't even know that the pile was gradually getting smaller. And then, because they had tunnel vision, and then one day they go there and the cheese is gone. And so the two mice, you know, they're simple, they're mindless. They just are like, whatever, we'll scurry on and, and find some more cheese. Um, but the hem and the haw, they their whole world was just rocked you know they all of a sudden there's no cheese and and change needs to happen and that's where that's where a lot of the 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 difficulties for them came right yeah and i think that the two mice that uh you know went and searched new cheese i think the story uh also alludes to the fact that when they were uh every day when they were eating their pile of cheese that was just sitting there um, they they were also when they were full instead of just going to, to bed and taking a nap, they would go out while they were full and searching for new cheese. So they were looking throughout the maze to find uh, other things that might be available someday. So they kind of recognized that that pile of cheese was getting smaller and smaller. While the other mice, they were content with what they had. They they didn't see the the they saw that as a huge mountain of cheese that would never go away. And so they were confident and they were they were reliant on this. And then the day that that was gone, you know, they were they were rocked because they didn't have any other options. And the other mice had some they had some leads, mm-hmm. they had some ideas. They knew where there might be some more cheese. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think that mm-hmm. that's an amazing story that we can use to really, I think, all of majority of the physical therapy profession has a pile of cheese. They've been eating off it for years, and uh, you know things are changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, there's a good quote in the book. It, it says, "If you do not change, you can become extinct." And and so in the in the PT world, what is the cheese? I would say there's a lot of things you could say that are the cheese, but the number one thing that is the cheese are referrals from physicians. Um, you know, and, and and not saying that negatively. I mean, it's a really it's an honor to be in that system and and to be um, you know respected and trusted with uh, a referral from a physician. But at the same time, the healthcare environment is changing so much with, you know, networks and and restrictions and hospital systems that are coming into the area and making it um, more difficult 
for uh, a physician to send you know, a patient to a therapist he may know, like, and trust. And so I think that is probably the biggest mountain of cheese is, is that mm-hmm. years and years and years of doing things the same way and, and being in a system where we were relying on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now, you know, the country has recognized that that, that cheese is going to change. And, and what I mean by that is we see regulatory um, changes where now all 50 states have, you know, what's called direct access, which is basically allowing the consumer to come to the physical therapist for musculoskeletal issues, Mm -hmm. you know, um, with every state being a little different, but that direct access is now universal. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that also gives us the opportunity and it should motivate us to be looking for other piles of cheese. Mm -hmm. And and that brings to the next quote in in the book that I thought was really cool. When you see that you can find and enjoy new cheese, you can change course. And so, and, 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 you know, that kind of goes right along with that, with direct, with direct access coming and, and all these, um, and all, like, like you alluded to, the, the difficulties that maybe a physician may have with referring, um, you know, to a private practice if they get, if they, if they were to get swallowed up by a large um, healthcare, you know, business or, or whatever, you know, just different things happen where there's new cheese. And, and when you know when you can get comfortable with that, and you can you can see how you can enjoy the new cheese, that allows you to change course, and that 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 allows us so in the PT world start to think about ways we can take advantage of this direct access and and really becoming the primary care um, um, profession for musculoskeletal injuries. Absolutely, you know, and when we say that, we're not. I don't think that you know we're not trying to say that we want all patients to come to us and we want to be their physician. That's not at all what we're saying. We're just recognizing that we believe and, and, and there's been studies and research to, to confirm that physical therapists have the most musculos, neuromusculoskeletal training in the healthcare professions. Mm-hmm. There was a study that looked at uh, surg- orthopedic surgeons, chiropractors, physical therapists, physiatrists, mm-hmm. nurse practitioners, and primary care providers and they quiz them on the neuromusculoskeletal system and physical therapists by far had the most knowledge for those patients and those Mm -hmm. conditions and so when we also know that it takes somebody six weeks to come and see us on average when they begin having pain from a neuromusculoskeletal problem and so there's a big gap there where we know we could be more effective and we could help more people if we saw them sooner so I think that's what we mean when we talk about not the primary care provider but the primary visit the primary the go-to people when someone has a problem like mm-hmm. i know that I, if you have shoulder pain today i can have a lot more influence on you tomorrow than i can on, in three months mm-hmm. or six weeks you know so that's what we mean by that so just to clarify yeah um but yeah i do think that we we are very much um in a mode of just kind of treating and seeing who's in front of us and not really understanding that we have to um, we have to be out there searching and 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 showing the value to the population, you know, educating people on what we have to offer so that people, patients know who to go see. They know where they should be. Um, There's a lot of confusion out there. There's so many options and so many messages that are out there that, you know, in order for us to to have other piles of cheese per se, we need to um, understand that it doesn't happen on accident. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we're not we're not just going to have some other source of business um, unless we go after it and we try to to you know to, to have that other pile. So let's talk about maybe some some things that yeah. we that we do and that that uh, we've seen other people do and that we want to do. 
Yeah, you know, because in searching for that new cheese, you can waste a lot of energy, right? So, so we want to make sure that we're not wasting energy and looking for new strategies to take advantage of direct access. And so that's why, you know, we want to share with, with what has been successful for for us and ways of of finding this new cheese. Um, and so what you know what we've done here, Andrew's implemented uh, a pretty successful low back pain workshop. So having having movement workshops where where we give away free information and people come for two hours and um, just receive the information that's beneficial. And so, so basically we've, the cheese now is we've, we've said, okay, well, let's, let's embrace this new area that the cheese is in. The new cheese is with the patient. The patient um, can now come to us without a physician referral. And so we can say, okay, well, let's, let's market to the patient. Let's give them a, let's make it easy. Let's give them the exact um, way to come and see us and, and make it easy. So they, they can just come to the workshop and receive information. And do you want to talk a little bit about that, Andrew? The, the Absolutely. So we, we've had four of them now. <clears throat> we've done one, one a month and we're going to continue to do them. And hopefully we expand to other areas. But we, we started with low back pain because obviously low back pain is the most common musculoskeletal diagnosis that's out there. I believe it's the second, um, it's the second highest uh, primary care visit is muscular is uh, musculoskeletal specifically low back pain, you know, and, and we recognize the need that you know the traditional options for people, medications, injections, and in surgeries are are they have a place and they're valuable, but but they're also not, you know, they're not conservative and they're expensive and they're not maybe not providing long term solutions, and, and we believe in what we do as physical therapists and. So we want to get that message out there. So we started with low back pain. And when people come to these workshops, we're trying to give them as much information in two hours as we possibly can. We're not holding anything back. We're not, in fact, we're not even selling them. Uh, we're not selling them physical therapy. We're just giving them information. We're telling them about the, the top three categories for low back pain so they can begin to categorize themselves. Uh, we're giving them the top three most common uh, areas of the body that break down that contribute to low back pain. We're talking about what successful treatment is. We're giving them statistics on surgeries and injections and medications. Um, we're just trying to answer as many questions as we can. So we spend about 45 minutes hearing their stories and, and answering questions and kind of going back and forth. Um, and it's been a really, really powerful tool. We, uh, you know, each one of these workshops, we typically we offer them a, uh, the opportunity to get a free assessment by a physical therapist. We've usually had about 50% of those people take us up on that offer where they come in and they spend you know 20 to 30 minutes with a therapist. And uh, you know it's, it's just been a really powerful thing. And, and people you know, at the end of these workshops are saying, wow, I really just didn't even know about this. I didn't even know this exists. I didn't know that there was hope. I thought I tried everything. We had one lady that had seven spinal fusions um, and still had you know really, really bad pain walking and you know, just just to hear that she's there's some things out there she hasn't tried gives her hope. You know, so it's been a great way for us to to build relationships with the community. And we've had physicians come to these. Um, you know, we've had a chiropractor come to the last one. And and you know, we're not uh, we're not out there talking bad about people or things. We're just giving information. And um, you know, it, to me, it's a it's a way just to build relationships and trust. And it's the strategy we've always used with the physicians. We always want to have relationships and trust. 
And, and, and we still spend time doing that. Um, but that's the thing we've always been doing. So we're trying to do new things that can open up other avenues um, so that so that if someday that cheese is gone, um, you know, in, in my example might be uh, if someday the hospital system in our community gobbles up all the other healthcare professionals and we're the only ones left, um, it's very hard to get that hospital system to allow us to see the patients. You know, and, and that's a whole other podcast. I, I really believe that that does a lot of things to decrease the quality of the care that's out there. It increases the cost. There's tons of statistics and research to show that. Another podcast, but but uh, that's a real that's a real thing. It's really happening, um, and you know, it's a shame. Um, I hope that something happens at some point to make that not happen. But I can't affect that. I'm not a I'm not a politician. You know, I'm not making laws, and I'm not, and I and I don't want to be. You know, so. I want to be a physical therapist. I want to, you know, develop relationships with the community. I want to help people. And this is one really powerful example of what we've been doing lately. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really, it's a good way to be proactive too uh, in health. You know, a lot, a lot of times we're stuck on the reactive side where, you know, people come and see us because they've been told to because they've had an injury. But this offers people, the, this offers an opportunity for the people who want to be proactive to to take a step and, and take that first step on their own terms and come on in and and uh, really just make strides for their life to, to get healthy again. And, and that's, that it, you know, it also it allows for, um, you know, brand recognition on physical therapists. Like Andrew alluded to, there's people who come to these that have never heard that they've had hope. Like they've never even heard that conservative care is an, is an option, um, you know, much less something that should be pursued before having surgery. Like that, that there was really, I mean, he wasn't lying. There was a lady who had seven spinal fusions and, and each spinal fusion is over a hundred thousand dollars. So there's, you know, probably 750 to $800,000 spent on healthcare when, you know, potentially could have been avoided. Um, but so, so doing things like this really help get people in the doors, give them hope and, uh, give them an opportunity to, to get healthier and, and feel better. And, uh, you know, there's, we've done another podcast, if you guys want to check it out, on how, how to use Facebook and social media, some strategies there to, to build the, the crowd, you know, at your, at your workshops because they, that just doesn't happen. Um, and there's, there's, Andrew talks about some, some strategies that he uses on Facebook to really narrow it down and market to the people you want to show up. And so you can check that out if you want to. That's another episode. Um, but, yeah we can we can definitely tell you that that the 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 new cheese you know getting out there and and kind of bringing in you know getting out there and doing the dirty work and bringing in people not sitting back and waiting for it has been working out pretty well you know and if you haven't read the book i would encourage you to a very short read who moved my cheese it's excellent you know but this makes me think too about all the the students all the new grads and, and the spts out there all the student physical therapists that you know you go through graduate school and they uh not a single lecture talks about the fact that you're actually going to have to get the referrals first. You know, like you, you, you think you're going to graduate and then all of a sudden there's going to be all these people you're going to work with. The reality is it's not going to be that easy. It's not that easy now. And, and in the future, it's not going to be that easy unless, you know, unless maybe the goal for you is to work for a large hospital system, which is okay. But even with that system, there still has to be value and the insurance companies need to be able to see the value and pay you for what you're doing. So, you know, it's not only just going out and getting referrals, but it's also being good at what you're doing. If you're not a good clinician and your skills aren't good uh, and you're not helping your patients, your outcomes are poor, um, 
you know, insurance companies are going to continue to, uh, you know, are going to continue to make it harder for us to see the patient. They're going to reimburse less. You know, they're going to make restrictions on how many visits the person has. Um, you know, those are all things that are happening too that I think nobody talks about when you're in school. Mm-hmm. So for all you students out there listening, you know, this mentality of you have to, you know, we all come to grad school. I, I was on the admissions committee at Central and I remember reading like 250 uh, applicants and, and everybody has a letter, like an essay they write. And like 80% of these letters were, I want to be a lifelong learner. And, you know, physical therapy seems like that's what you guys want and that's a good thing. Yeah, blah, 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 right? Now, how much of those people are really, they really mean that? I don't know, but it's it has to happen. I mean, you have to be lifelong learners and that is basically lifelong cheese searchers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need to be out there continually trying to innovate and, and, and find new ideas on how you can help the patient. And the workshops are one of our ideas, but uh, we've got lots of others we could talk about. And, mm-hmm. and, and I encourage all you guys to think about that as well, and not mm-hmm. just, you know, hey, I'm a doctor now, and all these pa- where are the patients at? I'm mm-hmm. ready to work. It's like, well, right. you know, it's not always that easy. Right, and it's and the and the easy thing to do is to sit back and and uh, and, and get stuck in that rut, you know, and the. The, the, the saw gets sharp pretty pretty or the saw gets dull I should say pretty easily and you know I learned that real quick coming out of school you have to be active about trying to to, to keep the saw sharp because there is a burnout I mean there's a burnout factor that'll happen if you let it and it's easy to have that happen <laughs> one of my favorite quotes lately was by Abe Lincoln he said if I had six hours to cut down a tree I'd spend four sharpening my saw yeah well, that makes that makes a lot of sense, you know. So he's yeah. talking about the power of preparation and the power of of putting in the work to educate yourself and and kind of remain, you know. Because if you go try to, you know, cut down a tree with a dull saw, it's gonna it's gonna take, take a long hours, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna be banging your head against the wall. Um, but yeah, and and the, and like Andrew said, you know, there's not just the cheese in the clinical side. There's you know finding your new cheese and marketing strategies or in leadership, you know, principles and and. Uh, um, you know, it's not just clinically. We need to, we need to always be trying to further out, further and better ourselves. Um, you know, and and it, for for a marketing example, it's like you know traditionally it's been take take lunches and and do these things that you know uh, on the surface may look like it might drive referrals, but it's a very uh, it's a it's a fast changing environment when when you're relying on completely on referrals from. A physician, and like Andrew said, not a negative thing, but we just need to be wise enough to to understand that if somebody, if a, if one of your primary uh, referrers gets a family member in town that's also a PT, for example, they may all the referrals may dry up and and then go to that person. So then what? You know, and that's you know we need to just be wise to take a step back and say, okay, that's not a negative thing to count on um, referrals. That's a positive thing, but we also need. To understand the importance of driving referrals for ourselves, you know, and, and talk about some of the things you've done. You've kind of created some of your own avenues as far as workshops go, and, and different topics, and kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, and I've always, I always been a gym rat. You know, I like going and, and exercising. He likes to bench press. I like to bench press. Yes, and uh, <laughs> and and looking around the gym, I mean, you can you can go to any bench press, and and that you know. People will have shoulder pain, or you can watch somebody squat, and they'll have back pain. And and as physical therapists, we I think we all kind of look around and just cringe when we see some of the people doing things that they're doing. It's not their fault by any means, but it's just that that's you know we should feel responsible. Like that is our 
we're the movement professionals like that. I feel a sense of, you know, I feel obligated to, to try to make it happen to where these people don't get injured when they're trying to better themselves. So, so I've gone to the Y, um, and, and, you know, we've contacted different gyms around town to offer, offer movement screens, um, for, for clients and basically once a month where the, their clients have an opportunity to sign up for a free screen and, and either find out if they have pain, why they're having pain. And I personally, I use the 3D maps by the Gray Institute, which it's awesome because it takes five to 10 minutes and it, it looks at how the whole body moves. That's my personal favorite movement screen. So, I, you know, that's the one I use. And, and then by the end of it, um, you know, I'll take a packet of exercises and I'll, um, based on the screen, and by the end of it, the person has an answer why they're potentially having their pain, or if they're not having pain, what's an exercise or two that they can um, fo- focus on to then uh, prevent pain. And I can tell you that just from you know from the YMCA one, we've had a couple people come into the doors of the clinic and become patients that wouldn't have otherwise probably uh, taken the stride to do that. There was a guy who um, fractured his ankle, and he remembered what we said with the screens that that potentially a, an ankle problem could lead to low back pain down the road. And this gentleman uh, is a big time runner and he, he's an older gentleman. So he was already concerned about his body potentially breaking down. Um, so he took the steps to come in and, and get it taken care of. And, 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 you know, now he's running it without having to have that fear. And so just taking the steps and, you know, to, to be proactive. And, and then there's always opportunities to go, and talk about balance. People are terrified of falls, and and uh, you know I just went and, and talked talked at um, Bay Ridge, which is a retirement center in town here, and just listening to these people's stories. I mean, this one lady w- wakes up in the morning, and that's the first thing she does is pray to God that she will not fall that day. And her falls don't happen because she gets dizzy. It's not. It's not like a. She didn't explain it as like a, a vestibular. Um, issue. She explained that her legs get tired and she just collapses. And so that's definitely something that we can directly influence. Not to say we can't influence the vestibular, but um, there's a, we can see how, you know, people like that could totally directly benefit from physical therapy and getting out and doing stuff like that really just not only, not only helps us to drive clients, but also it's, it's really, you're doing something good for people too. And uh, so yeah, that's those are a couple things that I've done just getting out in the community and doing like, doing workshops elsewhere. I would even say that a second uh, topic here, as far as creating or going to look for new opportunities or cheese in this case, would be what we're doing right now. This podcast, the Physical Therapist on Fire community. Um, you know, both of me and, and Nick have the desire to to help you guys uh, be inspired and motivated. And, and, and we look at our profession as something that if we don't search for new things and, and learn new things and, 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 and stop doing the things we've always done and, um, and stop being a commodity, that we're going to be extinct. And so we see that need. And so this is another form of us uh, creating our own uh, opportunity here. You know, and right now this is a podcast, but we have big dreams. We have big dreams for... Uh, you know, online education. We have big dreams for in-person education where we do summits and we have things like that that we look forward to in the future. And, and wouldn't you agree this is another form of, of us trying to, and who knows really what that, I don't think we've found the cheese. I don't think this is, this isn't something that, that is providing for my family at this point, right? right. I mean, this isn't, 
something that we're doing to, to, to have any income on or anything like that. But I do think that in the future that there's there's definitely going to be uh, something that evolves here that, that will be a great opportunity for us as well as for the people that are listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's constantly searching for new ways to to keep that fire going and not just settling. That's, I think, you know, both of us just wanted a, another outlet and, and way to help people. And, and we both enjoy educating and being uh, clinical instructors and, you know, different and, and using the technology, uh, social media. And, and this is, it's just another way to reach more people. And so it's really an encouraging thing, you know, to, to do. So I, you know, I encourage anybody, any physical therapist out there to take the steps and, and, you know, to, to do that. And, Seth Godin writes a great book. Um, it's called Poke the Box. And basically, he says, you know, don't be afraid to take the step. It, it is a scary thing, you know, to take steps and to do, do extra and, and kind of devote more time to, to do these things. But just get out there and, and, and do it if, you're, if that's what you're feeling. And uh, I think it needs to be driven by passion, too. I mean, yeah. you know, I think you hit it on the head like you enjoy educating, I enjoy educating. If we lived in a city where we had a university, I would probably be trying to educate there. We don't, so this is my outlet. You mm-hmm. know, like this is my passion. I, I don't, I don't feel like this is an energy sucker. I feel like it's energy, it's an energy feeder. So for you out there, you know, you might not enjoy workshops, you might not enjoy online education, you might not enjoy podcasts, but there's something that you enjoy. Find out what that passion is, and then go search for opportunities to feed that passion. I think mm-hmm. is the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep that fire going. Right. You know, I'll just mention one more quick one. Uh, you know, for the last year, I've been working with a group uh, called Envisage. Um, you know, the leader is Bob Wiersma, and he's a he's a PT that's got an amazing background and experience. And we've been working on a, a project uh, where we're trying to create an online platform for uh, physical therapy. So a telemedicine, it's a telemedicine platform that would be a tool that we are working on where we can create that experience where I can have a meeting with a patient online and I have the ability to give them movements and prescriptive things to do. And so, you know, we've been working on that for about a year and, 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 uh, you know, it's again, to me, it's a huge opportunity that's out there that doesn't exist yet in the physical therapy world. Um, but again, it's definitely feeding my energy and I see huge potential and, you know, and, and our goal is this tool to have it be a low cost um, option for people that are out there. And, you know, as we're heading into the future of, of high deductibles, high co-pays, um, you know, struggling getting referrals, this is another opportunity that someday I strongly believe will be uh, a very popular way to receive the care that we have mm-hmm. uh, at a very low cost. And so, again, who knows? It might not work, but it might work. And the day that my pile of cheese is gone, you know, I might have another opportunity and I won't starve. Yeah, yeah, that no, that's gonna that's gonna be awesome. I've had the I've had the privilege of being able to watch you know Andrew work on some of these you know um, the movements for the uh, online the the telemedicine and no, it, it's gonna be sweet. It's gonna I think it'll all it'll be fun. You know, just I want I can tell a story. There's in our clinic. There's kind of a back room where all of these cameras are set up, and and Andrew has to get in. Uh, and get in these goofy clothes and and he looks like he's playing a video game holding these try, trying to do the movements necessary for the um recording for the screen for the website but anyways that's just uh it's just another example of how you know taking the strides to search out new ways to stay motivated new ways to feed your energy um you know being innovative that i mean that's an example of something that hasn't even existed and they're just 
what do you call it? You and Bob disruptive innovation. Yeah. Like disruptive. That is, if I if if you Uber is a, a good example of disruptive yeah, like, innovation. If that isn't disrupting physical therapy, I don't know what is. Like that's something that didn't exist. And but you know, just another example of of ways to to feed your fire, and it has to be active, active process. But so I'll tell you what today. Uh, Physical Therapist on Fire Nation. We're going to create uh, a little, just again, another freebie. We like to give things away. We're going to make a list, the top five, uh, you know, top five ideas to find new cheese. Uh, you can use them. You can throw them away, whatever you want to do. But if you go to our website, ptofire.com, and you go to the podcast called Who Moved My Cheese, you can hit uh, the bottom of the podcast. You can hit the button and download the freebie which is the top five ideas on how to you know, begin searching for new cheese. And uh, we really appreciate you guys learning and listening, and we hope that uh, you found value in today. And we look forward to, to talking to you next week. Keep that fire going, guys. Have a great week.